Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, all right, all right. Hallelujah and thank you, Jesus. God is so good. I am happy, 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 happy to be again on the Bible study call. Uh, I'm, it is 7 o'clock, so we're going to get started. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, we praise you, and we bless your name. We honor you for being such an awesome God. Hallelujah to your name, O oh God. Father, we thank you for allowing us to have this awesome opportunity to dig into your word. And we pray right now in the name of Jesus that you, again, inspire us, not only inspire us, but, Lord, allow this word to sink deep into our heart as seed in good soil. Let us, O God, receive, understand, and bear much fruit in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Amen, amen. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. We are back. In our Bible study, it is called, uh, the book that we're in is called A Guide to Effective and Powerful Prayer. This is a, um, this is a, what is it, what do they call it? Becoming a Prayer Warrior by Elizabeth L. So it's a prayer book. It's a guide. Let me tell you something. Out of everything you can study, you better know how to pray, and you better know how to do spiritual warfare. And as we're reading, you'll see you're constantly making intercessions for other folks. That should be, as a believer, that should be your aim, that you are always making intercessions for other people. And when you get to the magnitude, the understanding, when it really drops in your spirit how much power you have, Lord, have mercy. I hope you don't beat yourself up too bad how long you were not using that power. You had the weapons right available to you and did not use them. Well, now what we're doing is, again, being in a posture where we're not only using them, but using them every day. Not only using them every day, but using them effectively. We're on page, we're on page 138. It says the whole armor of God. We just walked through the armor of God, and they're going to walk through it again and again. You'll see that they do that a lot in books. You'll hear that a lot in sermons where the same thing is reiterated over and over and over again. Why? Because you'll find out that sometimes when you hear the word, it does not sink in. Help me, God. It's called the wayside, wayside soil. And when you receive it like that, that means the enemy snatches it away immediately. So, yeah, you heard it. Yeah, we talked about it, but you have never activated. You've got stony soil and thorny soil. Stony soils where you don't have that much deepness of earth. You're not, you, you, don't, you don't have uh, strong faith. It's shallow faith. It's shallow belief. And when that happens, again, you get the word, but you lose it quickly. The enemy, again, comes in and snatches it away. Then you got the, the soil where the cares of this world. First, 
when when you have stony soil, you receive that, you're happy, oh, yeah, I got it, I got it, I understand it, but you have not done it. They call it a non with joy. Then when you receive it with thorny, the thorny soil, that's when the enemy or the cares of this world chokes out what you receive. When you start going through, guess what? You, What am I supposed to be doing? What is it? How am I supposed to understand this? What am I supposed to do? So when you receive it that way, then guess what happens? You will, will again, experience life, and, and you'll let life choke out the word. But, oh, my God, when you receive it into good soil, the Bible says that you not only understand it, but you bear fruit. You start doing what the word says do. So, again, you're going to hear the same thing over the whole armor of God, the whole armor of God. So you will recognize what is available to you. All right? Now, at the top of page 138, and, again, it's entitled, so if you have a different book, you can find it. It's called The Whole Armor of God in the Spiritual Warfare section. You are in a battle. Let me see if that changes. Yeah, it does change. So at the top of the page, spiritual warfare, and at the top of page 139, it says you are in a battle. The whole armor of God. When the enemy attacks in these areas, refer to the page where the appropriate piece of armor is listed. Then read the scripture. Now, I hope you see it. You, when you have a situation, there's a scripture that applies. I used to say it, and, and there was a sermon series, the answer's in the word. The answer is in the word. So you've got a lot of things going on, but you've got to understand the answer is in the word. Every situation you, you can have in your life, the answer is in the word of God. The key is many times what happens is we don't look we don't look it up. We don't, we don't remember it, the word that I've hid in my heart that I might not send. And, and, and many times I believe, listen, we've been saying that for years, never affiliating it with my deep thoughts, the words I've hid in my deep thoughts. So you were saying the word I've hid in my heart, but never putting any, thank you, God, any practical application to it. Well, how do you hide word in your heart? Do you write it and tuck it in your shirt? How do you hide word in your heart? Do you put it in your pocket, uh, in your in your shirt pocket that's close to you? Do you, matter of fact, do you have your T-shirts with pockets in it, and then take the word of God, fold it up, put it in there, and you put it close to your heart? Now I know you're not gonna put it inside your body. Tucking the paper inside your body. How do you do it? When you look at it as the word I've hid in my deep thoughts. So this is where, again, Psalms number uh, one comes in, meditating on it day and night. Then you're like a tree planted by the rivers of water that will bring forth fruit. There we go again. The word coming in. Once the word comes in, you ought to bear fruit. Meditate on it day and night. Then you shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that will bring forth fruit in a season. All right? So, so here we say read the appropriate scripture because the answer is in the word. 
and do what? Repeat it. That's a declaration. So we went over it, and then when we go over the declarations, again, when you know the word, your prayer ought to change. You start praying. You start praying in full knowledge of what God promised. I'm, I'm telling you, if you really get into it, and, and I know sometimes you say, Pastor, we heard that, we heard that. Are you changing your prayer to a place where if God promised that he was going to do that, let's take an easy one. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. If vengeance is mine, he says he will repay. Then again, in those areas where someone's doing us wrong, when the enemy comes against, listen, I thank God for, the, for my protection. If he says that he's going to keep you, if he says he's going to watch over you, if he says nothing is going to pluck, I'm thanking him for things that he said he was going to do. Why? Because if he said it, his word will not return unto him void. So my prayer changes, not, Lord, will you do this, will you do that, will you do this? Lord, will you fight this, will you fight against that? If he said I'm blessed going out, blessed coming in, all I got to do is hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord that God. And when I do that, listen, I'm blessed, I'm blessed, I'm blessed. There are so many blessings, even today. Again, I could go through the list. Wow, God, thank you so much. Thank you so much again. Thank you. I'm talking a blessing after blessing after blessing, favor after favor after favor, all right? Now, this is another area when we start moving into this next area, and when I call it the next area, it's the bold print. Types of attacks. When you start looking at the enemy, the way he attacks you. So once you understand the way that he attacks you, then you can fight better. Now, what I found out, many people Give the enemy so much credit. The devil this, the devil that. The devil, the devil, the devil. The devil, you know something, the devil come out their mouth more than God come out their mouth. You got to know, listen, I don't care how busy the devil gets, God is always busier. I don't care how much power it, has, it appears, it seems as if the devil has, God has more. Here we go. First thing that comes out, lies against the character of God. When you hear people who are talking about who are talking about God, saying negative things about God, you better understand that thought was provoked, it was planted, it was infiltrated into their mind by the devil. That's his attack. Lies against the character of God. Deception about who I am. And you know that's a very powerful phrase, I am. Matter of fact, I just got another picture to hang in the sanctuary at the church, another I am declaration. I am. And and when you really get into it, and I'm telling you, 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 I'm, I'm going to keep it moving. Thank you, God. But when you really get into how powerful it is, for you to say, I am in the will of God. I am in the control of the Spirit. I am in the control, or I am in control by the Holy Spirit. I am controlled. That's, that's a better way. I am controlled by the Holy Spirit. 
I am control. And again, you you got to do your scientific research. The the subconscious mind does not differentiate from the true and the fiction. So when you tell it something as if it's already done, guess what? It takes on the posture within your body, the spirit that's within you, as if that thing is true. And that's why some of these negatives that we're going to go over, that's what we have spoken to ourselves in the I am phrase. When you, again, I am under the control of the Holy Spirit. I am God's child. I am powerful in the Lord. I am operating in the spirit of God. So when you start working that I am, here it is. He's got deceptions about who I am. All right? Look at this. Look at this scripture real quick. Uh, Where do I want to go? Two of them. Okay, I'm going to go to Bible Gateway. Bible passage lookup. Second Timothy four. Second Timothy chapter four. Oh, and I bet you I looked it up in one. I sure enough did. All right, let's go back. Let's open more. And then let's hit enter. Second Timothy chapter four. Look there at the second, uh, second verse. Start right there. Preach the word, be instant in season, out of season. Prove, rebuke, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. Now, one of the things that, again, believers need to do on a regular is exhort. You're proclaiming the goodness of the Lord. You're proclaiming the promises of God. It says long suffering and doctrine. Number three, For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. We're in that time. But after their own lust shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. They got these itching ears. If you look up verse number three, I'm looking at it in the easy to read. Verse number three, listen to this. Thank you, Jesus. The time will come when people will not listen to the true teaching, but people will find more and more teachers who will please them. They will find teachers who say what they want to hear. Don't want to hear about no sin. Don't want to hear about getting your life right. Don't want to hear about righteousness. Listen, righteousness, that's for the priests and the nuns. I'm not a priest and I'm not a nun. Yes, you are. Those are servants. I'm not a minister. I'm not a bishop. Yes, you are. Those are servants. You are a servant. And if you look at the scripture, if you're going to be in it, listen, you've got to go all the way, uh, keep it 100. You've got to be all the way in. You are a servant. When you see the scriptures written, what are they saying? I'm a servant of Jesus Christ. I'm writing to you the servant of Jesus Christ. Look at verse number 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse number 4. And they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned to fables. Watch this, verse number 4. 
are easy to read. People will stop listening to the truth. They will begin to follow teachers in false stories, in false stories. But you must keep, what is this one? Here you go. It says, they will turn away from listening to the truth and give attention to legends. All right? So over and over and over again, you're going to see that's deception. That's how the enemy, he lies, he deceives. And when you hear it, you've got to recognize it is a trick of the enemy, and what he's doing is deceiving. Error. As to the way I am, there it is again, I am going. See, he wants to talk negative. He wants to talk negative about your children. He wants to talk negative about your marriage. He wants to talk negative about your future. He is going to talk negative, negative, negative. Error, it is a lie. He is trying to deceive you. And let me tell you something. If you start vacillating back and forth in, good God Almighty, in the direction that you're going, whether you're strong in the Lord and in the power of it, uh, I don't, I'm not sure. Am I? What? No, no, no. I'm strong in the Lord. No, not, not really strong. I'm somewhat strong. I am, no, I'm strong in the, no, not always. Listen, you're doing that. Let not that man expect to receive anything from God. You're not going to get the power. You're not going to operate in the power because you are vacillating back and forth. You are like a, what is that thing called, a seesaw, where you're up, down, up, down, up, down. You need to get off the seesaw. You've got to get off that seesaw because if you don't, let me tell you something, it is always going to be difficult for you to walk with the Lord. It is always going to be difficult for you to be obedient to the Lord. It is always going to be uh, uh, difficult for you to strive in the areas that God is directing you. Why? Because you are vacillating back and forth with who you, whether you got power or you don't have power, whether you have access to the power or not, whether the power is in you or not. You're vacillating back and forth, and it's all from the tricks of the enemy. He's shooting his fiery darts and causing you to be off tilt, believing accusations from Satan, feeling condemned, feeling condemned. And you got Christians that's been walking with the Lord, and they have walking around feeling condemned, knowing goodness well and hold on a second, you see how to pause and that thank you, Lord, hold on a second. I'm gonna have to look this up real quick, so as a believer. As a believer, here you are, here you are, supposed to be victorious, and if you're victorious, listen, you cannot be victorious and then, and then be condemned at the same time. Romans chapter 8, verse number 1, there is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus. And this is why I said again, know the word. Hide the word in your heart. Where's your heart? Your deep thoughts. How do you get into your deep thoughts? It's repetitive. It is going over and over and over and over again. And then letting it sink down into your soul. It's who I am. When it's your soul, watch, you get emotional about it. 
It is your will. It is my will to walk in this thing. It is in my mind. That's when it's in your soul, your mind, your will, your emotions. It's all in there. And, and again, you you kind of passively reading it like you're reading any other book. You cannot read this like you're reading any other book. You cannot meditate on it like you're reading. you got to understand that I'm putting the devil under my feet. There is there, therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. I hope you just heard that secret that was dropped on you. I hope you heard the secret that was just dropped on you. When you walk after the flesh, let me tell you something, you walk in condemnation. When you walk in the spirit, you're not condemned. When you walk in the flesh, and there it is again, you say, well, what is it, the seesaw? What are you talking about, the seesaw? It's not only doubting the word of God, but it's also walking in the flesh, walking in the spirit, walking in the flesh, walking in the spirit. All right? Feeling of condemnation. Puffed up with pride. Thinking you're more than what you are. The only reason, you know what it said, our righteousness is but what? But filthy, but filthy rags, right? Turn to James chapter 4. James chapter 4. Look at verse number 6. James chapter 4, verse number 6. But he giveth more grace, wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace to the humble. So you, you shouldn't get all puffed up. Don't get all puffed up thinking that you all that in a bag of chips, thinking that somebody owes you something, thinking because you got a little Bible knowledge that you should be running things. No, 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 no. God resists the proud. Easy to read. It says, but the kindness of God shows, shows is greater. The kindness, but the kindness God shows is greater. As the scripture says, God is against, when it says he resists, God is against the proud, but he is kind to the humble. Lord, thank you for what you're doing in my life. I know it is not me. It is the favor of God that is on my life. Thank you, thank you, thank you, God. Thank you for what you do. It is, and I'm not saying it, saying it because you know that sounds proud. That sounds humble. I'm saying it deep down inside. You know that it is nobody but the Lord. Nobody but the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. So what does it say? It says, puffed up with spiritual pride, James chapter 4, verse number 6. He attacks by persecution and lies, compromising the, the word of God. Passive and asleep. This is what he does. Hits by a flaming missile of what? Doubt, fear, unbelief. Doubt, fear, unbelief. Over and over and over again, getting you to doubt, getting you to fear. And let me tell you something. That thing, fear, is a monster. The Bible talks about it over and over again. Google it. Just look up scriptures. You can make it easy. Scriptures about fear. And it'll give you a ton of them. Be, listen, the Bible's always saying, have not, 
Have not I commanded you, be strong and courageous? You'll hear that. Be strong. Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged. For the Lord your God is with you. He's, listen, every time, anytime you feel fear, you ought to get angry. Oh, no, oh, no, I'm not. I'm not going to worry about this. I'm not thinking this is getting out of hand. No, it's not getting out of hand. Why? Because God is on my side. And listen, I'm, you, you say, well, Pastor, you you kind of emotional and you getting all. Listen, you need to get some energy, some some emotion behind what you believe. When you really believe it, let me tell you something. You put some emotion behind it. And when you get into the emotions, your soul is made up out of the what? The mind, the will, the emotion. One of those emotions, listen to what the Bible says. Be angry, but what? Uh, be angry, but what? One more time. Be angry, but what? Sin not. Oh, yeah, you can get angry, but don't sin. You can have that emotion to say, you know something, the devil is a lie. He will not have my children. He will not have my children. My children will walk in the Lord. My marriage is safe in the hands of God. My business, whatever it is, this, doc, this doctor's visit, my body is safe in the hands of God. My vehicles, my house. And do not, I'm pleased, do not put limitations on God. What God can't do. What can't happen. Oh, God can't fix my car. Oh, okay, okay. See, because you, you go into those areas, again, you don't believe that God can. And when you start believing that, then you're putting limitations on God. Whenever you put limitations on God, then you're going to start losing. Why? Because you're going to start losing because now God can't do something. All right? Fear. You got to get the fear out. Matthew chapter 6, verse number 34 says, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day worrying, worrying, afraid. When you worry, you're afraid. Has, has enough trouble for its own self. So don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough problems for its own self. Hallelujah. God is good. All right. Now, unbelief, we did that. Now it goes into protection. I'm not dwelling uh, big on that. It says uh, girded about with truth, uh, girded or belted of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, shoes with the gospel of peace, shield of faith. Types of attacks. Guilt, Lord have mercy. If we could talk about guilt just for a second, saying again something that has already been taken care of, something that's already been, and when I say taken care of it, you dealt with it, you said, I'm sorry. You said, you know what, Mm, I shouldn't have done it. You meant it. You had a change of mind. You had this change of mind, and guess what? Mm, mm, mm. It's gone. Thank you, God. It's gone. It's gone. It's over. Guilt. Here's another one. Um, hatred. Flesh. Darkness. 
unrenewed. You know how the Bible talks about renewing your mind? Unrenewed mind. All right? Unrenewed mind. So the last one, distorts of, of the word of God. Now that's one right there. When it starts talking about the word of God, you have really got to be careful. Oh, my God. You've got to be careful who you listen to, and then you've got to be honest. Some people will listen. They will listen to uh, a person, know that that really doesn't line up with the word of God, but because I, because I like them, I'm going to continue to listen and support. And you know it doesn't line up. God has given you revelation, and you realize that does not line up, and you got to go, wow, God. And, again, I'm not saying get up and walk out, but I get, bet you one thing, you could sit right there and do, do some intercessory prayer, some intervention, that the light bulb will come on, not only in the speaker, not only in the speaker, but also in the in the in the congregation of those who who are uh, listening. Flip over to page one forty three. The Christian arsenal. We're going to start walking through uh, the next couple of pages. The Christian arsenal. This is chapter eight, part one. It says Second Corinthians chapter ten, verses three through six. Second Corinthians chapter ten. Verses 3 through 6. For though I walk in the flesh, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. When you see folks warring or trying to do warfare according to the flesh, you got to understand it's time to pray. Why? Because they're operating in a way that's not going to be effective for their spiritual gain. You're not getting spiritual victory by walking in the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but divinely powerful for the destruction of fortresses. So the enemy tries to set up these fortresses where we cannot get in or we cannot get out. And guess what? If you're not careful, you will wind up being in one or trying to get someone out of one, and you're having no effect. Why? Because you're operating in the flesh. When I say operating in the flesh, you're trying to cuss them out. You're trying to anger them out. Fuss, fuss them out. Oh, yeah, number one, that wasn't fuss. That was cuss. Because when you get angry, you use profanity, and when I use profanity, I get my way. It doesn't work in the spirit. It has no effect at all. You're trying to argue your way out. Fuss your way out. Back and forth, back and forth. If I raise my voice, you raising your voice, you using your authority in the flesh does not have any spiritual impact. Thank you, Holy Ghost. It's divinely powerful for the destruction of forces. Um, fortresses. We are destroying specu speculations and every lofty thing rise, raised up against the knowledge of God. So when it does not line up with the word, I don't, whoever it is, it does not make a difference. If it does not line up with the word, 
then guess what? You've got to bring that thing into captivity. And again, whether you're dealing with a person one-on-one or whether you're dealing with yourself one-on-one, when something comes into your mind that does not line up with the word, that's when you've got to, again, go into warfare. Excuse me, I had to take a quick break. You have to go into warfare. When you go into warfare, because this thing did not line up, it did not line up with the knowledge of God, it does not line up with his word, it does not line up with your spirit. And let me tell you something, in your spirit, man, you will start to feel that uneasiness. You will, you will start to feel something just went wrong. You will start to know that when it happens, and again, it can be in some of the most unusual times. You could be around some of the most unusual people, and when I say unusual, that's a deacon. That's a minister. And you go, uh-oh. In your spirit, man, you know that person or that statement did not line up. you got to bring it in line with the knowledge of the Word of God. And we are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. In the beginning was the what? In the beginning was the word. Bring it into obedience of the word of God, of Christ. That does not line up. And, and, and I've said it before, I'm going to say it again. It really is going to impact your spirit when you start walking in what you know in the moment that it happens. And God will over and over and over again give you different scenarios where you have the opportunity to walk in what you know in that moment so you can again show, you know what, God, thank you so much for being in my life. Thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. Thank you, oh God. I'm praising you because guess what? I did it. I'm celebrating because I did it the way you would want me to do it. That's Second Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 6. Here we go. Give me two seconds. Two. I'm pulling it up in, in uh, what is that, 10. And I actually should have just put it in. Colon 3-6. All right, here we go. Easy to read. All right, we live in the world, but we don't fight our battles in the same way the world does. The weapons we use are not human ones. The weapons, our weapons have power, power from God. And again, you've got to keep that right in your mind. This is not you warring. Because many times that's why you don't want to fight and you don't want to do anything really uh, derogative towards the enemy. Why? Because you think he may come back at you and he's going to beat you up. Because he's been beating you up. Because you've been given him power. When you realize my, my weapons are are powerful that I get from God, and they operate in God. Power from God. The weapons we have, our weapons have power from God, 
and can destroy the enemy's strong places. We destroy people's arguments and we tear down every proud idea that raises itself against the knowledge of God. We also capture every thought and make it give up and obey Christ. Last verse, where we are ready to punish anyone. We are ready to punish anyone there who does not obey. But first we must, first we want you to be fully obedient. Now, again, when you start talking about fully obedient, that's when you start, again, going back to the seesaw. Sometimes you're obedient, sometimes you're not. That's what's going to make it difficult. Sometimes you're operating in faith, sometimes you're not. Sometimes you're walking in, watch this, you're walking in the flesh, sometimes you're walking in the spirit. That's what's going to make it difficult. Fully obedient. Verse number six in the King James, having in a readiness to revenge all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. So your aim is not sometimes this, sometimes that, oh, I'm going to hang out with them and talk the way they talk and walk the way they walk, do what they do. No, no, no. I'm, I'm a Christian, and I'm a Christian 100%. All right, let's keep it moving. Bottom of page 143. Every plan of God is for good, for the good of his people. Every plan of Satan is for their destruction. Satan knows that when he wounds one of God's people, he wounds the heart of God. The real war is between God and Satan. See, again, I take myself out of the equation. I take myself out of the equation. It has nothing to do with me. It has everything to do with the enemy trying to get at God. And again, one of the things I know, he will not win. He can't win. The fight is already over. It was won on Calvary. When Jesus said, into thy hands, I commend my spirit, that's when it was all over. When he did not come down, you say, well, no, wasn't it all over? When he didn't listen, it was over. It is finished. And now I'm taking this sacrifice, as the priest used to do the animals, and offering it to God. This is my sacrifice. I'm giving it to God. And when he offered his body, his blood, his sacrifice to God, it was finished. It is finished. And you've got to get that thing deep, deep, deep in your spirit. All right? So it's between, it's between God and Satan. It's between God and Satan. It's you're not in it, you're not in it, and when you get involved, Really what you're doing is saying, God, I'm on your side. Use me to your glory. God, I'm on your side. Use me to your glory. Look at page, the top of page 144. It says there, we are not drafted, but we can enlist 
in God's service. God ain't forcing us. They, they, it's not like the government saying, okay, we we implementing a, a draft. No, you are enlisting in the army of God as a soldier in God's army. Satan's goal is to see that the prayers of God's God's people do not reach heaven. So you you and you know the scripture. I heard you the first day that you started praying, but there was some resistance in the heavenlies. If you can't wrap your mind around it, listen, it's going to be difficult. This is what the Bible says, that when that prayer goes up, it's got to go up, and then it's got to come back down with the answer. And there's some resistance going on. I'm pushing mine through by the power of God. Resistance or no resistance, guess what? The prayers of the righteous avail much. All right? So the power of darkness, Satan knows where people are weak and attempts to enter through that opening in their lives to take them captive. Any area where people are in bondage is an area where Satan, I got a big problem with this, y'all, where Satan has a stronghold. I got a big problem with it. I got a real big problem with Satan having a stronghold. I got a real big problem with Satan having a stronghold. How in the world can Satan have a stronghold in my life? Now, I'm going to tell you this. I could have a stronghold in my life. My flesh can have a stronghold in my life. Satan in my life has no power. No power at all. I'm talking zero. Zilch. Not one little ounce of power. It's my flesh. My flesh, the Bible says it. Your flesh is weak. And if your flesh is weak, let me tell you something. If your flesh is weak, yes, it's going to appear that Satan has power. If Satan has, if, if your flesh is weak, it's going to appear that Satan has power. And again, if, if you're not careful, listen, that's how you're going to operate. You're going to, you're going to operate in a mindset that Satan's got a stronghold on you in that area. And although you may not say it out your mouth audibly, you're going to operate from the mindset that, that there's a stronghold in my life. No, it is not. There is not one area of my life where Satan is victorious. It's not one area in my life where Satan holds me bound. He cannot. Now, again, I beg you, call me. Text me. Let's get in the word. If you believe that there's a stronghold it, listen to what it says. Now, again, as I read, I, chew, or I tell folks all the time, chew the meat, spit out the bones. That does not resonate with my spirit according to what God told me is that, that's available to me. I'm going to read it again, and it could be me. I could just be reading it from the wrong slant. Any area where people are in bondage is an area where Satan has a stronghold or stronghold a stronghold or stronghold in their lives. 
my flesh that's on my body can do, it can crave. I feel it for this or for that. Oh, I want a chocolate bar. I asked a brother the other day, I said, what do you want? He said, a chocolate bar. Out of all the things I said, um, um, what do you want? He says, a chocolate bar. And matter of fact, it was Brother Jackson. I was in. I was visiting him in the um, senior assistant living assistant living uh, facility that he's in. And I asked him, "What do you want? Do you have a craving for anything?" He said, "Chocolate." Out of all the things, but that's your body. Certain things your body will yearn for. Your body will tingle. Now again, Satan can play. With your flesh. But it's just a temptation. You got power over that temptation. I know you can say no. I know you can get that anger under control. I know you can control that mouth. And the reason I'm saying it because I've done it myself. I've walked in what God said I could walk in. And when you walk in it, let me tell you something. You'll find out you do. You walk from, from victory to victory. Satan has influence. That's what he does. That's where I get into the fiery darts of Ephesians 6, where it says the shield of faith can quench every last one of the fiery darts. So how can he have any power? When the shield of faith can quench every fiery dart. No, that is you putting your, yeah, it appears that he can have some power. Yeah, it appears that he has a stronghold. When you put that, that, that shield down, that's your faith. When you start walking in worldly wisdom, when you start thinking about handling this yourself, see, that's what will bring tears to your eyes because you know you can't figure this out. You're not going to be able to walk through this. But I know there's not a thing on this earth that my God can't handle. Is there anything, good God Almighty, is there anything too hard for God? Is there, no, 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 you got to let that you got to let that sink in. Is there anything too hard for God? Listen to this. It is, it is God's, God's will, and I didn't, it's over and over again. You know I love God's will. I love God's will. When it sinks in, you're going to love it too. It is God's will for us to tear down those strongholds and lose people in the area where they have not been able to freely function in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, I speak freedom. I speak freedom in the name of Jesus. See, you may not speak freedom in people's lives that you know that's a stronghold. Why? Because I think, listen, when I was up seeing Brother Jackson, I think the gentleman that was sitting at the table with him when I walk up, walked up, uh, he didn't leave. So when I was there visiting with Brother Jackson, I was uh, visiting with him too as well. And the pictures and everything that I um, was showing Brother Jackson, I showed him. And when I would say something, before Brother Jackson could answer, he would try to answer. Well, his communication skills was, I'm talking, way off. I could barely understand what he was saying. After I sat there for a few minutes, then, and I kept listening and listening, and I knew the conversation, then 
I could begin to try to make out a few words. The other times I was trying to be polite and just shake my head, yeah, but I could not understand what it was. However, I believe from the conversation me and Brother Jackson was having, <coughs> excuse me, I need another break, from that conversation, excuse me, he realized that guess what? That brother right there is operating in faith. When I was getting ready to leave, I bet you I understood this, pray for me. Now, he again, his communication was way, way off. And, and, again, when you start talking about getting down on yourself, and this is just the way I operate, when you go to senior citizens' homes, when you're out in the community and you see people strung out on drugs, let me tell you something. That gets you out of your pity party. This gentleman could barely, I'm telling you, he, you cannot understand what he's saying. And when I left, he left the table where Brother Jackson was. When I turned around, I'm standing at the, at the, the um elevator waiting for the elevator to come this man i'm talking he, he couldn't put he's in a wheelchair he couldn't put either one left or right no matter of fact i think his left was his left his left um his left arm could reach the wheel his right arm he couldn't push the wheelchair with and his left foot can't talk and can move his left arm, and, and the foot was the main thing, and that's how he gets around. And here it is, you complaining, this man cannot communicate, can't hardly move his left arm. That's the only arm. The right arm doesn't move at all. Left arm is the way he was scooting himself around, and I don't know how long he's been there. And you complaining. See, I'm like, thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Father. Thank you, in the name of Jesus. Why? Because you've got operation of your limbs. You've got operation of your limbs. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. And now I'm going to use it to the glory of God. Come on, keep it moving. Here we go. We did that. Okay. Now, drop down to the next paragraph. One, two, three, four. The following diagram is going to be on page 145. It illustrates a complete arsenal of spiritual weapons. Let me tell you something. Satan can't deal. When you get into these weapons, he cannot deal with them. Faith and obedience. That's what we, we, we're going to go into. And, and more than likely it will be, well, we may get a little bit of it tonight. Faith and obedience. Keep believing and then do what God says do. No, no, no. No, you're saying you partially believe and you partially obedient. Good God Almighty. Oh, I can tell you right now. Sit, hold on. Sit down on my couch. Lay back. Let me get my notepad out. Okay. Are you, um, are you obedient? Oh, you're partially obedient. Okay. Okay. Uh, do you have faith? Oh, you have partial faith. Okay, I know your problem. If you're, if you're operating in partial faith, that's shaky faith, that's wavering faith. If you're partially obedient, you're doing the things that you want to do and things that the, the world, if, if you will look, if you will look um, cool, if you're going to look like the rest of the world, so you're doing things so you can be cool in the world but not obedient to God. Be accepted by the world, but not. Listen, it's not going to work that way. 
This arsenal works with faith and obedience, prayer and intercession. Love God with everything you got. Love your neighbor as yourself. When you intercede, you're interceding for other people. And let me tell you, have no respect of person. Here it is. Again, you are judging who you're going to pray because of who knows you. It's difficult for you to pray for people you don't know. Here we go. Listen to what it says. You got seven primary weapons. God has provided all that is necessary for, for successful spiritual warfare. Successful spiritual warfare. Your part, watch this, is to will, there we go again, dealing with the soul, You've got to will your mind, your will, your emotions. You have to will to use the weapons that his word guarantees will destroy the enemy strongholds. Good God Almighty. You know what? That, that really would. That would be a good place to just end right there. You've got it deep down inside. Listen, when you wake up in the morning, you wake up. Ready. Have you ever watched one of those movies? Mm, mm, mm. Where the the the, um, the visual ante or the um, the guy who's after the bad guys, whoever it is, the, it could be the police officer, the FBI agent, the Mission Impossible guy, whoever it is, he's asleep, and one of the bad guys come in the room. Or no, this is better. Somebody that's not even a bad guy. It's somebody that's on their side. They come in the room and they walk up on them. And when they walk up on them, they didn't jump up under the pillow, grab their gun out, boom, and they ready to shoot them. Within seconds, no more. No more. Within seconds, out of a deep sleep, when you wake up in the morning, you got to wake up ready to fight. Matter of fact, when you lay down at night, you got to lay down fighting. And when I'm saying fighting, you don't have to be angry. You can pray in the spirit until you go to sleep. You can quote scriptures until you go to sleep. And until, listen, until you adopt this posture, you're going to find out that the enemy wreaks havoc by shooting all of these fiery darts. And I'm talking some crazy stuff. We don't want to mess up the congregation, so we don't want to tell everybody what everybody be thinking. I know from what comes into my mind that I have to deal with that some other folks got some craziness coming into their minds. If you don't, thank God, that's good, that's you. Some stuff, he shoots some darts into my mind, and I'm going, wow, and I go to praying in the spirit. I go, wow, that don't line up with the word. Wow, that's not my thought. That's not my thought. All right, take it down to the bottom. In warfare, there are four possible attitudes, offense, defense, deontent, and that's to pause or to slack, and then there is desertion. Satan can get along very well with Christians as long as they are on the defense, seeking Dante, that's the pause, or deserting. Therefore, if we are determined to see him defeated in our hearts, that's in our deep thoughts, 
And in our society, we must only and always commit to the offense. And that's why I said you got to be on your point. You've got to be fighting. You've got to recognize, just like Jesus, when you read this Bible, Lord, open up my understanding. Let not this word be caught away. Not, don't let me get all happy and receive it, and the next thing you know, it's gone. Let not the cares of the world choke this word out, but let this word, word be deep in my spirit. In the name of Jesus, let me quote it. Let it come back to my remembrance. Over and over again. Over and over and over again. So these weapons we're going to get into. Weapons of warfare. Page 145. So let me put the date. What is that? June the 12th. And that's 612. That's 612, God willing, we'll get into uh, these, these weapons. I'm loving it. The name, the blood, the argument, binding and loosing, fasting, praise, word, and testimony. And the two pillars that we talked about, faith and obedience, prayer and and intercession. Amen? Amen. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna open it up tonight. We're gonna get into it on next Wednesday. Now, I've gotta say uh, no Bible study, so we'll know in advance on the nineteenth. We will be in vacation Bible school on that night. Um, the seventeenth through the twenty first. So there will be no Bible study on the 19th. Please mark your calendar. All right? God bless you. Thank you so much for being on the call. Look forward to uh, seeing you on Sunday, 329 34th Street, Southeast Washington, D.C. God bless you. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Amen. Amen. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.